Hello and welcome back and a very special welcome back to the Media Matters organization. Media Matters, for those of you that are not aware, is George Soros' media arm and they dedicate journalists to the task of watching every single minute of conservative TV waiting for one of us hosts to misspeak or for a quotation that they can take drastically out of context and write an article or circulate a viral clip regarding. Look what this evil conservative said. I know this because I make a lot of appearances on Tucker Carlson's show and I am convinced that the success of his program is partially due to the fact that thousands of leftist minions watch every minute waiting for him to say something wrong. I've never been important enough to earn myself a dedicated Media Matters team, but last week's episode of Candace changed the game. Minutes after it premiered, a clip of me started going viral on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, I am honored to announce that finally I am important enough. So please give me a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Now, of course, every article these hacks write is mean-spirited, and that's putting it lightly. They go after people who uncover a truth that they don't want the public to become aware of just yet. And so they instead reroute the public's attention by creating outrage over something else. It's your standard, look over here, strategy. Last week, I might have been shocked and quite possibly even personally devastated and hurt by their attempt to paint me as a Russian propagandist who doesn't think Ukrainian people have a right to exist, were it not for the fact that this just is not my first rodeo when it comes to the press. For example, I was one of the people who the media henchmen accused of supporting rape culture. They said I wanted women to be sexually assaulted back when I declared that I did not support the hashtag me too or times up movements, both of which seemed to me to be politically expedient. You'll recall that this was around the time that Hillary Clinton was running for president and suddenly the obsessive mainstream narrative became women have been under duress for far too long and so time's up. Millions of dollars was raised overnight to support that thesis. It just seemed a little shady to me. And they said I was wrong until they said that I was right. Until this headline. Time's Up charity set up by celebrities as part of Me Too movement spent $1.4 million on salaries, including 157 k on conferences at luxury resorts. Yeah, then I was right. I was also accused by the press of defending the institution of white supremacy during the Summer of Black Lives Matter riots, another timely media narrative surrounding the death of career criminal George Floyd. I pointed out once again that nobody knew where the billions of dollars, which was being raised virtually overnight, was going. It appeared to me to be another election time money laundering scheme. At the very least, it was clear that not a single red cent was being routed to actual black American communities. We were just the, you know, emotional bait. Empty your pockets to help these struggling people. Another political mugging. In fact, from where I was standing, it looked to me that the black neighborhoods were being destroyed and black criminals were being emboldened. But saying so made me a white supremacist. Until, yeah, you know, the press now is slowly and very quietly admitting that I was right. Check out these recent headlines. California DOJ targets a leaderless BLM global network for missing tax documents, orders group to stop accepting donations. Here's another headline. 
progressive activist, that was a BLM activist, a 2020 Bostonian of the year, arrested on federal charges of fraud and conspiracy. Yep. So like I said, not my first rodeo being smeared and then vindicated years later. But a paid Russian propagandist? Ouchie. That hurts my feelings. Reminds me of that time that I shared contents from Hunter Biden's laptop two years ago, and I had my Twitter account frozen because of it, and I was accused of spreading Russian disinformation. Now, of course, they're ready to admit that, no, it wasn't actually Russian disinformation at all. It was actually all true. And yes, a crackhead walked into a computer shop and forgot his laptop. Of course, they knew it was true from the very beginning, but they didn't want the public to know at that time. So anyone who reported on it was smeared as a Russian puppet. But what did I say this time? I mean, what truth did I happen to land upon last week that our media is attempting to divert traffic away from? I've got a guess. I think it might be the very questionable past pertaining to Ukrainians' President Zelensky and his link to Hunter Biden and the Biden family investments in Ukraine. That might be a relevant thing that the press should be discussing, no? The media is insisting that we get involved in an overseas war that is taking place in precisely the same country that the sitting president of the United States has his family assets in. Currently, our media wants us to believe that Zelensky is the real-life Batman, surviving multiple assassination attempts daily in a city under siege with no Wi-Fi access or running water, but also able to somehow make time to do at least 10 media hits per day, plus present to our Congress in front of what appears to be a green screen. Okay. Whatever, sure. So Zelensky is the new George Floyd, is the new Dr. Fauci hero. Now send your money and ask no further questions or else be accused of wanting Ukrainians genocided. Except I have further questions. I always do. And asking those further questions has landed me in hot water with the reputable New York Times. Over the weekend, I received this email from them. They said they were working on a story, which would feature me, of course, about, quote, Russian messaging that includes some of your comments. We note that you advanced the idea that Ukraine was a corrupt country, which matched comments we've seen from Russian state media, end quote. I was rather shocked by this email. Me, advancing ideas from the Russian state media? So I wrote back to this reporter in earnest, informing him that I was, quote, Very confused by this email. I learned about the idea that Ukraine was a corrupt country from the New York Times. You guys have covered the corruption of Ukraine extensively for years. As just one example, here is a piece from the New York Times editorial board entitled, Ukraine's Unyielding Corruption, end quote. I also followed up with several more links from the New York Times and the Washington Post, which spelled out my ideas that President Zelensky is a corrupt member of the global elite. Those are the Washington Post words, by the way, global elite, not mine. It talks about his offshore accounts, which were controlled by oligarchs. The reporter thanked me for shoring up all of those articles, but there's a piece of me that thinks that he might have died a little bit on the inside when he received my response. Here's the truth that the media wants buried, because as we know, the mainstream media works for the government, and the government needs its citizens ignorant in order to advance its causes. The truth is that wars are money laundering operations. Whether it's a multi-generational war on poverty, 
or a going on three year war against COVID or a 20 year war in Afghanistan. Wars represent opportunities for governments to siphon away trillions of dollars from taxpayers to countries which are willing to launder that money and divert it back to corporations. The truth is that the money that they siphon from our goodwill and our fear is always somehow unaccountable. The truth is that President Zelensky, at least according to the Western press a couple of years ago, is controlled by a man named Igor Kolomoisky, the Ukrainian man who funded Zelensky's television show back when he was an actor and who subsequently funded his campaign into power in Ukraine. It might also be relevant that Igor Kolomoisky has a controlling interest in Burisma, the energy company at the root of Hunter Biden's laptop scandal. It is also true that Igor funded the Azov Battalion, the, according to Western press at least, neo-Nazi white supremacist militia that has been terrorizing Ukrainian citizens. Now, as a matter of opinion, I believe our government is interested in liberating Ukrainians like I believe that the Black Lives Matter riots were about liberating black Americans, which is to say, not at all. This war is about the same thing that every war is about. Money, corporate greed, masquerading as some other noble cause. I believe there are no good sides in this war, not the Kremlin or the Ukrainian government, and certainly not the Western governments either. And as a result, Ukrainian citizens today are legitimately suffering, and we should pray for them. Just as Russian citizens are legitimately suffering today, and we should also pray for them. But what I cannot and I refuse to endorse is another money laundering operation from the war hawks in our government. And I am not going to be intimidated into silence about it either. Welcome to Candace. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like walking your dog in public without securing them on a leash. One day your dog could run away and get lost or someone could snatch him when your back is turned. It's better to take precautions, especially when it's as simple as using ExpressVPN. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, in cafes, hotels, airports, your online data is not secured. Any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data. But ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that they cannot. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. ExpressVPN works on all of your devices, phone, laptop, tablet, even on your smart TV, and it's so easy to use. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. ExpressVPN is the only VPN out there that I trust. Wherever I am, I know that my personal data is exactly that, mine. Get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free at expressvpn.com slash Candice. That's expressvpn.com slash Candice. expressvpn.com slash Candice. Thanks for joining me on this segment of Candace. If you liked this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. To watch or listen to the full show, become a member at dailywire.com slash subscribe.